I'm Natalie Walton, and this is Imprint, a podcast about creating a home and life you love. Each week, I'm here to share with you some of the biggest lessons I've learned during my career and life. Some of them I wish I'd learned a lot sooner because they would have saved me a huge amount of time, stress, and even money. Many of these ideas could have accelerated my journey as a creative and business owner. I also feature interviews with inspiring creatives, entrepreneurs, and experts to help you focus on what's most important in your life. Today, I'm going to focus on one of the biggest lessons that I've learned about business. Hello, everyone. The other day, as I was packing up or unpacking some boxes within my home, I had a bit of a moment of realization about how important it can be to stay the course with something. I have mentioned it before, but I've moved home a lot. I actually was trying to work out how many times I've moved home and The number that I got to was 24, but I think that there's some in there that I haven't quite remembered. So as you can see, I've moved a lot and moving homes can be very disruptive. There are so many things about it that obviously there's the mental headspace that it takes, but also the just the physical activity of it. So packing up everything, then unpacking again, getting everything in its place. And then I think even more than that, because I've done it so many times, I'm quite quick at that part of it, but it's actually getting the flow that happens when you're within a home. And, and so to get to that point where everything works easily, and then you can start to focus on the other parts of your life. Now, in the past, what's happened with me is that I've got to that point and then for whatever reason, I've then ended up moving again. And so I haven't been able to build upon that time. So I mean, it's been related to a whole bunch of reasons, but part of them have been to do with children and outgrowing homes. But I can really see and I have a strong sense that with this home, we're going to be here for a long time. And I'm really looking forward to it, that we can actually start to focus on other areas of our life and not just, you know, those little things that come up when you move into a new home, the the light that's not quite in the right spot. So you have to change that or getting the flow of the rooms or which person's going to be in which bedroom or adjusting the layout of spaces. So we can really start to focus on the other areas of my life, which I'm really looking forward to. But I think that this idea of gaining the benefit of time is something that what really happens in business as well. My husband, who had been in business for many, many years, he would often say to me that business is a war of attrition. So basically this idea that many people start with stars in their eyes and they have this idea and they're so excited about it, but there are so many different elements to business and it's the ones who can go through all those different elements and still keep going. Essentially, they're the ones who end up being the most successful. So I know that there are so many people out there that do have business ideas or projects that they want to get off the ground. And even if it's some sort of consulting business, how do you stay the course? How do you get to that point where you can really start to see the benefits of having a business for the long term? 
I did a little bit of research before recording this episode because I knew that there were some statistics around the number of businesses that fail within the first couple of years, and it really is quite startling. So within Australia, the Australian Bureau of Statistics says that more than 60% of small businesses stop their operation within the first three years of their startup. Within the US, the Bureau of Labor Statistics shows that approximately uh, 20% of new businesses fail during the first two years, 45% during the first five years, and 65% during the first 10 years. Only 25% of new businesses make it to 15 years or more. So the statistics are quite confronting and startling in a way. It means that if you've got that, you know, starry look in your eyes about you've got this great idea, then how can you ensure that you can actually make it through? And it's not always what you think, because I think many of us feel like, well, you know, I'm a hard worker and it's a great idea and I'll just push through. But there are many factors to really consider when you're starting a new business and to ensure that not only do you survive those first couple of years, but that you can thrive One of the reasons I think that many people kind of come up unstuck, and certainly if you're in that early stage of your business, is to think and be realistic about what actually your business entails. So we can all have ideas about, oh, I'd love to open a shop or, you know, I want to run an Airbnb or whatever it is. And the part that you're thinking about is probably the fun part, that 5% of whatever your idea is, because the other 95% is the hard work. It's the day-to-day stuff. It's the administration. It's the paperwork. It's all the stuff that is not glamorous, often not fun, but actually makes up a huge portion of your business. So just to give you an example with styling, lots of people love the idea of being a stylist. It can seem, certainly when you're working for a magazine, it can seem very glamorous and that certainly in the early days, people think, oh, you just go around shopping all the time. Well, let me tell you, if you're preparing for a shoot, the shopping part or the sourcing part is probably maybe half a morning if you're lucky. The rest of the time is dealing with couriers. It is dealing with removalists, it's packing, it's unpacking. There is a lot of hard work that goes into those types of shoots. And a lot of that is not fun. Then there's also, you've got to, you know, deal with all your receipts at the end and you've got to send your invoices through and you've got to make sure you pay your assistants and find your assistants. And there is so much to it that people often overlook. And the same is true with so many other different types of businesses. It's the same for shops. People might think, I'd love to have, you know, a beautiful shop. And um, these are the types of things that I would stock. But you have to find this, you know, the suppliers. You have to liaise with them. They might send you the wrong things. You've got to return those things. You unpack the products. You've got to price the products. You've got to have systems. You've got to have a really easy to use back end within your business that can monitor stock control and all of these kinds of things. So we can often start and think about something, as I said, with stars in our eyes, but we also need to be really realistic about what actually else is involved in the business. Even with Airbnbs, who is going to clean your place? All of the, you know, what about things getting broken and dealing with that and the the terms and conditions and if people cancel and there's 
so many elements to every single business that can be very easy to overlook in those early stages. So I would definitely encourage you if you're thinking about something to really think about what actually is involved in all parts of the business, because that is what you're going to be dealing with on a day-to-day basis. In the book, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, she talks about what is the shit sandwich? (laughs) Excuse my language, but she says this idea that you've got to want to do something so bad that you're prepared to eat the shit sandwich because it really is everything has got some element that is not going to be fun and you've got to be prepared to go through those hard years or the hard work or the non-glamorous stuff to get to the point of this ideal vision that you might have of whatever you want to do. So I really encourage you to think about that with your business. I think it's also important to have a real point of difference because There are so many businesses out there and we think it's going to be easy. So I know I've spoken about this before, but I can just see at the moment, there are so many bed linen companies out there and we think, oh, maybe I will have a bed linen company, but you've got to think about what is going to be your point of difference. Because I know for a fact that most of them actually get their product from the same company in China, and they're basically putting different packaging around it. So how are you going to differentiate yourself in the marketplace if you're actually getting your product from the same supplier? Uh, That is obviously one example, but there are many businesses. I know even within my area of Byron Bay, there are many homeware stores who sell a very similar type of product. It's the kind of slightly Moroccan vibe, um, lots of natural materials. I mean, obviously my own shop, Imprint House, we to some extent have a little bit of that happening too. I mean, it definitely is a little bit of a look at the moment, but I feel that For me, certainly it's grounded in being timeless. And my point of difference that I try to make is that these are pieces that you will want to hold on to for many years to come, that they're useful in some way or beautiful or enhance your life. So I'm very much focused on that when I'm sourcing as well as things being ethical or sustainable. But for lots of people, they want to, they just create the look and it's not about necessarily the backstory of the product, but then their point of difference might be that it's all about price. So you've really got to think about what is your point of difference within the marketplace It's really important to differentiate yourself because otherwise you are just another bed linen company. How on earth are people ever going to find you? How are you going to stand out? How are you going to get people to follow you and want to buy from you rather than the person who is, well, it's not obviously going to be next door, but it's going to be another online shop. So you've really got to create your unique selling point. Another big problem that people often come across is this idea of cash flow. That can actually be such a stranglehold on so many businesses, particularly when you're starting out. So you might have a little bit of savings that you've got, but you might not. And you can quickly get into a situation where you've never got enough money in your business. You're spending, putting all your efforts and energy to just basically chasing your tail. So you might not have enough money to then restock or pay your, um, 
staff or pay your rent or whatever it is. So you've really got to be very careful and very clear about the financial side of your business. It's really important. There's a couple of points that I would also suggest to you that you really think about when it comes to cash flow. So one thing is that it relates to how you price yourself. So you really need to think about how much you're going to charge for your product or service and what can the market bear. To a degree, I think it's helpful to actually work backwards. So you need to think about the amount of time or the amount of product that you need to sell to make a living from what you're doing. So you need to price yourself, whether it's an hourly rate or if it's the prices of your product, of how long is it going to take you to sell that product? How many units do you need to sell? You've got to kind of work backwards and think, how much do I need to earn as a living? And then think about, well, how many products do I need to sell per month or per quarter or per week? How many consultations do I need to do? And really work it out that way and think about how many hours are involved with that. And then look at it in relation to what's happening in the marketplace and see what other people are charging and will the market bear the price that you're trying to charge for your product or service. So that is something to consider in terms of cash flow, because obviously you need to be generating income before you can even be dealing with anything to do with then spending money within your business. Another falling or sort of problem that can come up with cash flow is that people, it's very easy to spend money within a business. So people can quite easily end up sort of kitting out staff with all new computers or doing a huge uh, fit out on a space. And then you've already spent all your money or you spent a huge proportion of it. And you need to know or be certain that you can quickly get that money back through your sales or whatever you're doing. So certainly within those first few years of your business, and really to an extent throughout your business, you need to run as lean as you can because otherwise you're pumping money out and you're not necessarily getting that money back in. And throughout a business's life, it goes through periods of growth. So even though cash can be obviously a huge problem at the start of the business when you're trying to get those early consultations or sales, but as you grow, you need to then obviously get even more sales so that you can then go into a bigger warehouse or a bigger shop or have more staff or people on your team. So you really need to, at all points of your business, be able to really look at where your cash is coming in and also look at your expenses. You don't want to burden yourself with new photocopiers or leases or cars or whatever it is within your business if you can't then cover those costs. I think also something to think about as well is this idea of nobody knowing about you. So marketing is so important when it comes to your business. You need to make sure that people are aware that you exist. Now, the old fashioned way was that you would basically go and open a store on the high street, but retail has changed significantly even in the past couple of years. So there has to be a real reason that people would come to your shop. It needs to have a unique point of difference. And you've got to think about, do people 
even shop within your local area? Are you more of a tourist destination or is your traffic going to be reliant on locals? If it's locals, is there enough of a customer base to be able to support your shop? If you have an online business, then you still need to find a way to stand out in amongst all of those thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of businesses that are out there. So marketing is really important. You need to have a really strong internet presence and also a strong presence on social media. These are very inexpensive ways for people to be able to find you, but you need to ensure that they can find you because even now, like just doing a Google search in itself is not always enough. Let's take the example of if you have an Airbnb business, for example, you, there are many ways that you can do this. Obviously you could have an Instagram page, but you need to really focus on growing that Instagram page. On Google, you can have a, um, a Google business and make sure that you're geotagged so that people will, it will come up when do people do a search within your area, you will become on the Google Maps. There are lots of different ways that you can do things. Even the old fashioned idea of creating postcards and putting them within your local cafes so that if people are visiting your area, then maybe you can have some kind of postcard that's inspiring that people want to pick up and they might think, oh, next time I come visit this area, we can go and stay at this place. Maybe you can advertise within the local papers um, or some kind of local publications so that people can have an awareness of you. So you really need to focus on creating a presence, whether it is for your retail space or whether it's for your online presence, it is so important. And you're not going to be able to sell things if people don't even know that you exist. One of the other things that I think is really important, and again, this is something that I have got from my husband and he always says this, he says, activity breeds success. And sometimes you don't know where the success is going to come from. So you really do need to have lots of balls in the air at any given time, because sometimes one of them will just stick. So really think about what are the different ways you can do something? For me, I started to do my workshop in 2018. I just had this idea and I wasn't sure about it, but I thought I'm just going to try. And now that has basically become the heart and soul of my business is doing my online styling masterclass. So you know, you've got to just try different things. At the time I was doing lots of work styling for magazines and obviously that has changed. So it was quite fortuitous in some ways, but you've always got to be trying different things. So one of the things that I would say to you is that if you want to put yourself in the best position to survive for five or more years within your business, the first thing is that whatever is your dream job or career, to be really clear on what the job, job and business involves and really think about the systems that are required to get to that state of flow within your business so that it can not just gain money for you, but that it can grow and it can be profitable and that you can actually gain traction with it. So really think about all the different elements that are involved because it's not just the glossy, shiny stuff. You need to think about the very practical day-to-day -day elements and what you need to have in place to help make it work. The second thing is I think that you need to be really 
clear on your positioning. So be clear on your point of difference in the marketplace. You need to have a very strong sense of what your offering is and how are you different to everyone out there. And you really need to communicate that to people because otherwise they're just not going to know and you're going to get lost in the soup of other businesses that are out there. Number three is to think about cash flow. So try to minimize your risk. Know your business model and your numbers. Think about how much product you need to sell. You know, see if you can keep your old computers for another year, if you can do that. Or really think about what your expenses are within your business and how much you need to earn to more than cover your expenses. The fourth point is to focus on your marketing. You really need to know your customer. Who is your target customer? Who is your ideal client? Really focus on that and target your message and your service to your ideal audience with your messages that you put out there. You can't be everything to everybody. You really need to hone down on who are the people that you need to reach. The fifth point to really think about is your strategy. So once you've identified your target market, there's going to be many ways to reach that target market. So you've got to do your homework. What's the best way that you can reach them? And just try, try different things. And eventually something will stick. You will try something or a certain product. You will have different offerings within your shop. And then one day there will be something and you think, wow, people really love this. And then obviously you can build upon that. But if you are, if you're very rigid and you don't try different products or different ideas, then you won't get that level of improvement. And that's certainly something that we've found within our own business, certainly within the shop, is that there are some products that I might love for certain reasons, but for whatever reason, it doesn't resonate as much with other people. But then there are other things that just we, they're consistent sellers and maybe it's because it's hard for people to find in other areas. And we really, we're you know, sometimes amazed at what it is, the thing that really resonates with people. So you've got to try different products until you get the right mix. And some looks, there are going to be some products that you might have that draw people in for other reasons, or that really live out your values. And it's important for you to have there because it speaks a lot about the type of business that you want to be. But you do need to also have those products that people are going to consistently buy, and you've got a good product margin on them as well which is, you know, a whole other topic of conversation about pricing. Something else that I think is really important to consider is to have a mentor, someone that you can talk to who has done this before. Usually they're a little bit older than you, but there's someone who really knows what they're doing. They've got experience in your field or within your area. And even if it's just having a chat with them, meeting them for coffee, depending on your work situation, they might even be your boss. And one day you have ideas of what you would like to do. They can even be a resource such as a podcast such as this, or there's many other podcasts and business books and different resources out there. But it's really important to speak to other people. I certainly chat to other people all the time within my area about different elements of their businesses. And, and to be honest, many reasons, that's why I created this podcast, because I want to learn even more that I can about other people's journeys and some of the big lessons that they have learned. 
So I hope that this helps you to think about some of the ways that you can not only survive those first critical years in your business, but also thrive. It is possible, but I think we all need to create from a point of intention and awareness of what is actually involved in the business. Let me know what you think. I'd love to hear from you. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. It would mean so much to me. Also, I would love to hear from you. So you can send me a DM at Instagram at Natalie Walton or email me any questions or ideas, topics you'd like to have discussed in future episodes. Email podcast at NatalieWalton.com. Don't forget, we've also got a Facebook page and I would love to see you over there. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast and the people of the Bundjalung Nation where it was recorded. Thank you so much for joining me today. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton and you've been listening to Imprints. Imprints.